It seems like hardly a day goes by that we don't hear about a company attempting to disrupt an industry with a new blockchain-based solution. It's why we're able to bring you current interviews with some of these innovators each week. Today, you'll hear from founders of companies seeking to create new solutions in healthcare and rewards, as well as another wanting to make crypto easy for people to adopt. Doesn't that sound great? Pull out your official Republic of Bad Cryptopia flag and wave your hands in the air like you just don't care, even though you do. It's time for a new ICO Spotlight edition of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome, friends, to the Bad Crypto Podcast. That, that's almost Dr. Ruth welping, <laughs> welcoming you to the show. Hello, my darlings. And today in our crypto education class, we will practice safe crypto. Yes, we will practice safe text. I, I, <laughs> I, I tell you what, Mr. Joe Com, today we have an interesting episode of multiple different companies doing unique things. A multitudinous of blockchain-based companies doing unique things. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious, and you have caught us on an ICO Spotlight Edition. What does that mean, Travis? Well, that means you are in the right place at the right time. So in this episode, we're going to visit with Solve.Care. It's all about the healthcare industry. We're going to visit with Flues Flues. We are going to talk Flues Flues because we're really smart. And it's all about rewards. And we're going to have a conversation with Deether, which is kind of like, I think it should have an apostrophe there. D-apostrophe Ether. D-Ether. ether <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to find ways to make crypto accessible so that it's kind of a more transparent thing, right? Easy to use so that people adopt it. Yeah. And of course, the ICO Spotlight Edition is a fully sponsored show. All of the companies that we're going to be speaking with today have compensated us to be interviewed by the Bad Crypto Podcast. You know, after taking a look at them, we think that they're interesting enough to bring to you, but we are being paid and we want to let you know that up front because transparency is our thing and we're not making any recommendations for anybody to buy anything. This is purely informational and entertainment and mental. Mental. It's just mental. Yeah, like they like to say in the business, do your own research. All right. Don't just be listening to people and doing what they say. Right, Mr. Joe Com? Absolutely. Especially not us because we are not financial advisors. Bad. Bad. Did you not get my Blues Clues joke? You not heard that song. You didn't have young kids then. I said I had young kids about 12, 15 years ago. And so Blues Clues, that song is like in my subconscious. Like it just, um, it had to come out every once in a while. Kids love that. We thing. were, when my kids were little, it was all about SpongeBob. Mm. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Flues, flues, stalls care. <laughs> Oh, let's get to it, gang. Here we go. I got to say, if there's one topic that has 
really been in the news a lot over the last, you know, eight, 10 years, it's healthcare. And especially in the United States, of course, everybody's got issues with their systems wherever, uh, whatever country you're listening from. But here in the U.S., there's been a lot of controversy around healthcare as we've had skyrocketing costs. Um, Travis, my premium just for myself, you know, went up an extra 20 percent um, into 2018. How about you? Well, you, you can you can keep your health care and you're going to get big, big discounts while you're doing it. So it's not a problem. <laughs> Yeah, well, there, there's no discount here, um, just just an increase. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there must be a glitch. Yeah, there's a, there's a glitch in the system. And, and that's part of the problem is the system is definitely broken and needs fixing. And uh, this is where blockchain may be able to come to the rescue. If our guest here today has their say in it, it will be the case to make healthcare more affordable and accessible and easier for everyone. His name is Pradeep Goel, and it's kind of like Joel. Um, he is the CEO of Solve.Care. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, Pradeep. Thank you very much. Delighted it, to be here. Is it fixed yet? Is is a problem solved? Uh, we... I wish I could say that, but <laughs> I think we are um, we are at very early stages of really challenging this norm and the status quo. So we have a road ahead. Well, you know, usually we begin these interviews by discussing the problem, but I think everybody knows the problem with healthcare. So let's just jump right into the solution. Uh, you know, your platform is called Solve.Care. So what is it? So we are looking at a um, bringing force to the market, a platform that is designed to streamline access to care from a patient perspective and designed to streamline the administrative burden that the provider or the physician encounters in billing and, and getting paid. And also from an insurance perspective, bringing down the administrative cost and friction that leads to overutilization or, or underutilization, both of which are bad for, for everyone. So we are essentially taking a hard look at the plumbing of healthcare and asking the question, that given this plumbing is not working for everyone, the patient is not happy, the provider is overburdened and underpaid in many cases, and the insurer is, is seeing escalating costs without having any um, real say in, in the utilization. How do we get these parties realigned? And that's where the, the possibility of blockchain really begins to be exciting. Uh, not an easy journey, but certainly a very promising one if you look at how much human, social, and economic impact that can be created if we took these three parties and aligned their interests and aligned their processes and removed a tremendous amount of waste out of the process. Yeah, this is this is definitely an area that um, that needs needs a nice solution. I guess I'm curious about this. So you guys are creating Solve.Care, and this, you're, you're billing this as a platform that's using blockchain to reduce these enormous global clinical and IT system costs associated with our current healthcare system. So where do you intend to implement your platform? Like which countries are you targeting? And is it, or are you targeting global? Are you targeting just a few countries to start off with? What's your approach on that? Uh, great question. So first, it might matter just speaking for one minute about the platform. So it is a healthcare payment and healthcare administration platform with a clear mission to delegate the authority to the patient and the provider 
without losing control over that interaction. So in other words, the platform is designed to let the insurance company authorize the patient to, to do more, to see who they want, but to make sure that the person they, who they see for medical care has the right credentials or qualifications and then is paid the right amount of money. But if we can delegate the authority and remove the barriers to care, naturally we will reduce the incidence of disease and, and uh, utilization which happens when you don't get the right care. And then if we make sure that the delegated authority gives the provider, the, the physician, clarity on how much they're going to get paid, when they're going to get paid, hopefully immediately, then it gives the provider a lot of incentive to manage care differently than they manage today. When are we going to get and, paid? That's what we want to know. What? <laughs> True. And you know, the reality is that the providers you know, have a very long wait between the time when a patient visits them and when an actually payment arrives. And they have that weight is not measured in hours or days, it's weeks and months. You could have an easily a 90-day delay cycle between the visit and the payment. And now you're a physician who is running a small to mid-sized practice and who has to now manage this float or revenue weight for a very long period of time. And even worse is the uncertainty of how much you're going to get paid. So there is this massive bureaucracy that steps gets in the way. And the bureaucracy isn't there because we are trying to prevent access to care. Bureaucracy is there to prevent over misutilization or misbilling of care. But somewhere along the way, the business of insurance became less about facilitating and, and, and coordinating and became more about policing care. And when you do that, everybody gets unhappy and the end result is bad, bad, bad. So I think what we are trying to say is that what we found is that blockchain with its capabilities to distribute and realign relationships in a decentralized trust model, it is possible for the first time for me, the insurer, to issue a token to Joel with appropriate authority built into the token that if he offers a token to you and you accept it, then you actually have absolute transparency and guarantee of the, accurate, the timeliness and the amount of payment. So you don't have this massive this, uh, the blind spot, if you will. And you have a much more incentive to, to accept the patient and to treat the patient. Uh, and on the flip side, you can also bake into the, tape, into the token actually the ability to measure outcome so that you, you not only get paid for seeing the patient, you also get paid incrementally more if you get the patient well faster. So you do, do, you get, do you get paid less if you keep the patient waiting beyond his appointment time? Because, <laughs> you know, the medical profession yeah. is the only one I know that gets away with taking for granted other people's time. You know, that's a fantastic question. And the answer is yes. The answer is that when we talk about the streamlining the patient-provider interaction, we start with the very basic. How hard is it for you to find a doctor and who will see you at a time convenient to you, not time convenient to the doctor. And we know that doesn't exist. That's a unicorn. You have to call doctors and hope that they will, be, they will see you in a certain period of time. And that's also not by design. It's just because that's the way systems are set up. So my view is that let's begin by solving the front-end problem of access to care by letting the patient have a much more say in when they want to be seen and where they want to be seen and by whom they want to be seen. And all those barriers today exist because of provider contracts and, and very rigid centralized eligibility systems. So we really are challenging every one of those frustrating issues about healthcare by saying, look, all these, these are all symptoms of a different problem. The problem is that our systems aren't designed 
to include the patient and the provider in any kind of a meaningful, empowered, you know, um, mechanism. You are basically a beneficiary, a passive recipient, a user of healthcare, but you have very little power. And what we envision is that our platform with delegated authority for the patient to make an appointment, to see the doctor they want to see, the doctor's ability to accept the token, understand the rate they're going to get paid in accepting the token and get paid through the token immediately. These are things that will absolutely change the consumer behavior and the consumer experience and will absolutely change the provider revenue cycle management. It will redefine the way insurance company contracts and pays providers. And it really has a profound impact on how we experience healthcare in the U.S., and around the world. I have, I have to say something real quick on that, Pradeep. For one, that's, that's, that seems pretty awesome. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that you said that Joel's was a fantastic question. Him and I have this little, uh, <laughs> this little banter back and forth, and we've, we have good questions and great questions. That's the very first time anyone has said either one of us has had a fantastic question. So yeah, now, Game over, Mr. <laughs> Travis, right? Joel just game got over. 10 bonus points on that, and that is not acceptable. Um, I... I get 10 extra tokens is, oh, is the way that works. That how it works? I get that's 10 nice. bad coin. Oh, that's good. That's good. So so let's ask a little bit about the technology, where you are right now, and where you are on your timeline, right? Our, our, our guests, our, our audience really likes to know about where your technology is now. Some people come with an idea. Some people come with their technology nearly fully baked. And so where is your guys' technology at right now? And then what does that timeline look like after your ICO? How soon until uh, your technology is fully complete and fully operational? Great question again. So I guess that you got the five points now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me, uh, so on our technology side, we have a very simple barometer of readiness. We have a client, a meaningfully large uh, care delivery organization in Arizona going live with our platform in uh, end of second quarter. And our, our launch with them is actually May, June, July of this year uh, in you know stages. And at the end of that rollout, uh, thousands of physicians will have our care wallet uh, and get, use it to actually get paid using care coins. So we will be, I believe, one of the very few healthcare coins that will actually be in production use for direct physician payments for both fee-for-service, meaning the visitation and fee-for-performance, which is outcomes. So we are very excited about the fact that our client uh, is implementing on our, through our care wallet this ability to pay the doctor timely, not only timely, but also pay them for outcomes, which is a, which is a holy grail. That's utopia in many ways about healthcare payments. So, uh, you know, the scale is very big for us. It's, it's not a small pilot. It's not a few hundred physicians. Is thousands, uh, and it impacts and really proves out our point that physicians want and need solutions that give them transparency and timely payments. Mm -hmm. So we are in deep in that development cycle to, with the client in making sure that our product, product user experience is appropriate for that physician group. So it's a, it's a back and forth right now with them on the, the minutia and the details around uh, user experience or provider experience. Uh, so we are very working hard on getting the platform launched. Uh, now, we didn't build it in the last few months. We've been working on it for, for all of 2017. And as I mentioned, I think in, in a previous, I'm not, not here, but I mentioned before that we bought a software company based out of Ukraine that, was, um, that I've known for many, many years and has done great work for me uh, in my past companies. We acquired them, Ukrasoft. So they are now a 100% dedicated organization building a platform uh, and we have a fairly substantial engineering and administrative team doing this platform for all of 2017. So 
we made a lot of progress. But when I look down the road, we have a lot more to do. While we are very excited about a significant launch and a big footprint, you know, what we have in mind is, is bigger. So we're going to keep working very hard for years to come in expanding the platform to different, uh, you know, non-U.S. jurisdictions. And there we are focused on Netherlands, uh, Belgium, France are some of our immediate targets and, and U.K. The, uh, the website is solve.care, and you guys can find the white paper there. Um, there's some videos. You can see kind of a prototype of the Care Wallet, which is an app, and understand who this is going to benefit along with seeing uh, a part of the solve.care team. Let's talk about the token sale, Pradeep. Uh, explain to us who can participate in this. I'm assuming this is a pure utility token, and what the tokenomics are if somebody chooses to invest in the they uh, provide an ETH, what do they get? So um, our token is called Care Administration Network Token, or CAN, and it really is designed to be used by multiple audiences. Uh, so as a consumer, I would want to buy the CAN token because it essentially is my uh, way to pay subscription fees for Care Wallets. If I, I am not insured by any employer or Medicaid or whatever, and I want to have Care Wallet, then you need to have and tokens uh, to, to essentially pay monthly fees. And then within the care wallet, you can download any number of relevant care cards. And so let's say that I am, uh, for instance, uh, have a genetic predisposition to diabetes and I want to monitor that, I can download a diabetic care card. So I would pay subscription fees for that card uh, to the publisher. So that's the consumer side. As a, a provider, I want to use care wallet because it allows me to accept any uh, patient who wants to come see me and wants to pay me uh, using Care Wallet to Care Wallet transaction. So in effect, I can use the Care Wallet to fill the gaps in my you know, schedule and rebalance my revenue. So that's provider would need to buy them. Insurer, of course, is the largest buyer of tokens in the sense that they are issuing Care Wallets to their population. So if I'm in a mid-sized insurance company with half a million you know, people insured, and say that network contract with you know 1,500 providers or physicians, then I'm going to issue you know uh, a care wallet to each of my members and send them an electronic enrollment card versus a paper form, and send them an electronic ID card versus a plastic mail, and I will send them electronic eligibility card versus uh, having them call my call center. So all of these things are massively efficient for me. I don't have to spend uh, wasteful money on wasteful processes, and even better. When you take that wallet to the doctor, Joel, you just show them your uh, legibility card in your wallet and it's guaranteed to be accurate because it's on the chain. And the physician does not need to call me to verify yet again what your eligibility is. So they save a ton of money in not having to verify eligibility. So long story short is that everybody has a reason to have care wallet. You know, the doctor, the, the patient, and certainly the insurer. And same is true for large employers. Employers who pay out of pocket for healthcare for their uh, employees and have catastrophic backstop coverage, always want to reduce the cost of administration and cost of utilization because coming money coming out of their bottom line. So they can use care wallets to issue to all their employees and say, hey, everyone, here is a care wallet that I'm sponsoring for you. And it's going to give you access to wellness and it's going to give you access to your eligibility data so you can stay well and keep your family well. So the idea is that CAN is essentially the gas that drives a platform and gives access to the wallet. And we expect and hope that hundreds of millions, if not billions of people will ultimately use their wallet to stay well and get well. Uh, and they will all need to have CAN tokens as a payment form. 
So that's the the token that we are currently offering uh, to um, the people who intend to um, use the wallet and intend to participate in this ecosystem. I want to ask a question about privacy, right? Because here in America, everything has to be HIPAA compliant. And, and over in uh, Europe, everything needs to be GDPR compliant. And so how does the uh, your CARE token uh, handle that? That's a great question. So, you know, what the CARE wallet does, first and foremost, is an administrative and financial and scheduling and appointment and eligibility platform. So it is not a clinical platform. We are not storing medical records. We are not facilitating, you know, exchange of medical records. So first and foremost, we are really, this is a administrative tool to, for you to easily find the doctor you want to see, uh, find a doctor that will see you when, when you have actual availability. You know, uh, case in point, um, you know, when my wife tries to get our three-year-old to a pediatrician, we are dialing for dollars. We're waiting to find the physician who actually will fit Adrian's schedule, not the other way around, and that almost never happens. This platform lets me put out the avail, you know, the need for him to be seen at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday and have every pediatrician in 15 kilometers uh, automatically respond through a wallet if they have availability or not. So you see, it's, it reverses the model of scheduling, as an example. Now, why did I say that? What I was trying to explain is that I am really not, at this point in time, exchanging clinical information. I'm trying to get an appointment done for my son with a pediatrician on a certain day at a certain time. In doing so, I automatically exchange eligibility data about what insurance company I have, what plan I have, PPO, HMO, whatever, uh, what my copay and deductible is. That's all administrative transactions that need to occur. So we we encapsulate all that, encrypt and encapsulate all that data more securely than phone calls and emails do, which is how things are done today. So you know we are actually stepping up the security of this information not uh, challenge, not uh, putting it at risk. That's and good to know. We are not trying to put clinical data at all. Our goal is to f- track care events. Scheduling with a doctor is a care event. What the doctor tells you during the visit is care content, and we don't store care content in the wallet. Uh, we are not interested in holding electronic medical records. We want to know that you got a prescription and that you filled the prescription, but we don't want to know what the prescription was, if you can see the distinction. Yes, well, Pradeep, as we get ready to wrap up this, I see your tokens, your pre-sale is happening right now. Uh, your public token sale begins February 5th. And what is the uh, token price going to be for one can in the public sale? So in the in the pre-sale, it is $0.07, cents, which is a discount of 30% from the token sale. Our okay. pre-sale is open to everyone. But if you are a U.S. entity, a U.S. individual or a company, then you have to be accredited. Uh, that's true right. for all phases of the sale. We will never sure. sell our tokens to non-accredited. But that being said, we are actually not sure that we will actually do a token sale now because the subscription level for our pre-sale is so high mm. that we believe that all our tokens will be sold in this current phase of, uh, of the sale, which is at $0.07. Cents. Well, that would be fantastic uh, and good for, for the future of the project. Uh, final question, where is the best place for people to join your community? Is it on your Telegram? Definitely the Telegram is the, is the SolveCare is our Telegram handle, uh, one word. And we have a very active community. And I'm very proud of this community because they are actually engaged in um, you know the future of the platform. People are speaking to us about their personal healthcare experience. Uh, and some of the emails and, and chat sessions we get are very meaningful about how this is a needed solution and this has a, such a human and, and economic impact. So this community is very vibrant. We welcome more to join us. 
this is a community that really does care about the mission of this platform uh, and actually contributes regularly into with ideas and how we can implement this platform in different countries, which is our plan. Ultimately, our goal is to, through the care community, through our community, launch the platform in every every potential healthcare jurisdiction in the world and have localized care cards that are, that speak to the local population and local physicians. Uh, so with that said, yeah, we would welcome anyone to come and join our Telegram channel called Solve Care. Great. Well, we wish you the best with uh, with your continuing token sale and your product launch. And uh, yeah, stay bad. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, Travis, just to wrap things up, you are pretty fabulous, too. So you got the full 10 points. <laughs> oh, very nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That means that means a lot. <laughs> All right. Take care, gentlemen. <laughs> You know what I like, Travis? What, what do you like? You like Travis? You like? You said you like Travis. It's good. Thank you. I like like com- you know what I like, Travis? Do you know what I like, comma? Travis. Uh, you I like, like getting, you like you like paid? Getting paid? I like I like flus. <laughs> you like you like money? You like flus? I like flus. Yeah, flus is Arabic for money. And there's a a company that just completed their ICO very successfully called Flus Flus. And they're all about giving people cash back for their purchases, but in crypto, in the blockchain space. It's fluesflues.com and Maurice Harari, the co-founder of Flues Flues, which I just like to say, so I'm going to keep saying it, Flues Flues, is with us. And welcome to Bad Crypto, Maurice. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us on the show. Really appreciate it. Our pleasure. You know, the more you say Flues Flues, I'm, I'm getting a little ill in my stomach. I don't know. I'm like, I maybe caught the flu. Oh, like like the flu? No, it's not like that. If you feel bad about flu flus, then you haven't earned any flus. That's true. Yeah, you learn no flus for you. You learn to love flus. You learn to love flus. I got to get a flu shot each year. Uh, I'm trying to get flu shots at least three, four times a day. At least. Well, the. What Maurice told us before we began is that Flues Flues is rewards on steroids. So maybe you don't need a Flues shot. You need steroids. Don't try this at home, kids. It's not healthy to take steroids. But Flues might be healthy. So tell us a little bit about what Flues Flues is. Flues Flues is a tool that allows people to spend at the same stores that they'd already be buying, buy the same things they would already need, but earn more for their purchases. We take a piece of the purchase and we turn that into multi-level rewards for our users. Every user is inserted into our our overall global flus network and we build associations with them. Each user could have up to 65,000 associations and for every purchase, that purchase gets split into the network and people start earning from other pe- from other people's purchases as well as their own. Huh? We we had we created a flus feed within our app, and people could see this one put money in my pocket by buying at coffee. This one put money in my pocket by buying at Amazon. This one put money by taking an Uber. The more people are shopping, the more they're everyone's earning. All those rewards are then viable for cash back. And not only are we going to send you the cash back through traditional cash back methods, we send it to you in crypto. 
So it's crypto back. Crypto back. Yep. Crypto back. Not like a Sky Miles where you could fly on flights that uh, on off weekends. This is crypto back rewards from not only your purchases, but the purchases of a multi-level network. So you're actually able to refer your friends to the Flues Flues network and everything that they purchase, you get a piece of that kickback in Flues. Correct. And it doesn't cost anybody to join this, right? Nothing to join, just shop, shop. The more you shop, the more you earn. The more you invite, the more you earn. Well, very nice. So everyone at Bad Crypto, you need to go ahead and join Flues Flues. So we get... (laughs) Unless you guys are a Colombian right now, and you guys could have your ice cream in Colombia at one of our retailers like Popsy or your coffee at Cafe Oma in Colombia... You got to hold tight till you can start shopping on Flus Flus. We're targeting to launch later this year. We just closed our ICO. Uh, we built out a great community of excited users eager to join the Flus Flus US app when our product goes live. And uh, stand by. It's going to be very exciting for when it's time to buy on Flus Flus. How much did you raise in your ICO? Uh, we sold about $20 million in tokens. Nice. Congratulations. This is a little unusual for an ICO spotlight because you had uh, we had scheduled before your ICO was complete. But by the time this airs, uh, you'll you had just finished it and you're actually beginning token distribution. Well, so let's talk well, Joel, a, a little bit off just because you guys are really you guys did a good job by getting us on the schedule. We were supposed to still be selling, but thank God it worked out better than expected. We sold out in just under ten days. Wow! I was hoping that's that by the time I'm on the show, we you know we did we did our job to schedule right, but unfortunately things worked out even better than planned. Better than planned. So you actually have some pretty amazing network partners that are already part of the Flues Flues network, right? Puma, Nike, Netflix, Virgin, Dunkin' Donuts, Uber, New Balance. Direct TV. I mean, you have some pretty amazing uh, companies already. How are you able to get Victoria's Secrets? How are you able to get so many great partners uh, at such an early stage? Because we built a great product and people, uh, companies are interested to figure out how to engage the consumer, how to own the consumer. And if we offer them a tool that could captivate the consumer, sky's the limit. Well, there, I see your app is already available for people, I guess you said in Colombia, right? Is where you're starting. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I figured, but thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. That, That's a good thing. You, the website is fluesflues.com. You guys can go check out the, uh, the working product there and uh, their white paper to learn more. Our white paper is available at ico.fluesflues.com. So anything you want to learn about our ICO is all there on ico.fluzfluz.com. F-L-U-Z, F-L-U-Z. So how does the uh, the referral program work then? So believe it or not, even better is you don't have to invite. As general users go to fluzfluz.com and sign up, the system will automatically populate them into your user network, into your purchasing network. So, Oh, wait, they don't have to be right under uh, how does that work no so let's say travis is the first one travis invites joel uh joel invites me i invite my friend joe joe gets associated with me when he purchases let's just say for 
example, XYZ, pro, XYZ product where we negotiated a 10% discount, just to keep numbers simple, we'll take a percentage of that discount that we negotiated and pass it to Joey who made the purchase. And then we're going to take the rest of that discount and split it between me, Joel, and Travis. Every user can invite two people and then they they could invite, each person could invite two more people. So it goes, a person's network looks like one, then two, then four, then eight, then 16, 32. So 16 layers away, 15 layers away from the initial person, you end up with 65,000 people in a person's network. What we did, and I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about what we did with our token, with our token, which is really cool. So we established a group of users in our system called the token holders that now have early access to hold a premium seat. What the premium seat does is that every user that then comes onto the network after the launch of our public launch of our application they go into the network of the token holders. So if you bought enough tokens to claim a seat, it was either uh, 10,000 tokens for a tier two seat and 20,000 for a tier one seat, you now earn premium placement in the Floos Floos network. So as additional users come onto the platform, they're all going to populate into your network and you'll start earning for those users' purchases. Huh. This is kind of fun because on the website, you actually have a little tool on the ico.flusflus.com. If you scroll down the page, there's a calculate expected cash back thing, and you set the number of downstream flusers, the average downstream flusers expenditure, how much they're spending each month, and your average personal expenditure. And it kind of shows you what your estimated cash back income could be. So if there are 3,000 downstream flusers, and they spend an average of, well, let's just say $240 a month, and I spend, oh, let's say about the same, uh, we'll say 236 my estimated income is $870. For doing nothing, doing nothing. Well, I got I to gotta spend $236 no, a month. Yeah, but, but you're spending that anyway. Are months. you not buying, are you not getting Netflix and getting DirecTV and buying yeah. You know, it, yeah. believe it or not, a lot of our volume we're seeing in Colombia isn't so much on the premium experience product like a Nike shoe, because that's something that people are only buying once every two months, once every four months. But a lot of the volume is in the food space and restaurants and travel and basic travel like taxis, because we built a product. It's all about. The use case that we designed the product for day one is I want to buy, I want to use Flus Flus while I'm waiting in line in the grocery store to pay. That's the goal. I need it fast. I need an instant download, easy access, and earn rewards on the spot. Everyone has a phone, and I need to be able to do the entire transaction process through the phone quickly. Now, what if I'm already a member of Netflix or already a, a member on Uber? I mean, how does that already go Columbia. through this? Because what we did in Colombia, which is really cool, is we have every single telephone company, uh, mobile phone company 
that you could buy your uh, you could buy your plans through. And instead of paying directly to the company, you pay it through Flusflus. You load up your number, you set your number. You could set for automatic auto charging or pay as needed. And these people now moved over the purchases they were already making for their cell phones to through Flusflus, and they're earning cash back and generating cash back for those purchases. Nice. So on this calculation thing right here, I have 65,000 downstream flusers, average spending $10,000 a month, and I personally spend in 25000 a month. I'm making $800,000 a month, Mr. Joel Tom. This is yeah. <laughs> Whoa. This is the baller. Oh, my gosh. You Hello, are Daddy. Can we go out drinks on you, by the way? Yeah. Uh, so much flu. Wow. I, <laughs> I haven't taken it all the way to the right, but. Sure, why not? Now, 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 Maurice, you said you'd like to take it to the limit. That is ster- I'll tell you that. That is steroids. I said flu sleuth is reward back on steroids, but that is heavy duty. So I'm looking uh, further down the webpage on the ICO site is your timeline and uh, your token sale completed successfully. And then you're getting your U.S. team set up. And it looks like you plan on making your first announcement of a U.S. retailer by April and then operational launch in the U.S. by July. Do you feel like you're on track for that? Uh, yes, definitely. Because we, we already had a working product in, Col- in Colombia. So we're going to have a working product. Or it wasn't that hard for us to roll out a roadmap for the U.S. Obviously, we're implementing blockchain technology into the product. We are changing a, a few functionalities for American retail, as the space here in America is a little bit different than it is in Colombia. And we're building a product ca- catered to how Americans buy. So, you know, things, thank God, are going as we're hoping. And seems to be very, very, very exciting. So when do you plan on rolling out into other countries aside from Colombia? Worldwide takeover will be done by uh, July, maybe August. Worldwide takeover, Joel. Yeah, I I like that. That's, um, you know, uh, bad crypto is heard in over 190 countries. So you're going to hit all those, right? I can't tell you which is the next country we're going to go to after. I'm really, I'm still looking for which country has the best food. So I, when we set up an office there, I'm going to enjoy the dining best. But I'm open to suggestions. Excellent. That sounds great. So all of our listeners, they always want to know this. Uh, win Lambo, win Moon. <laughs> he can't answer that on, question, but he can't God. answer this one. Uh, Maurice, where is uh, where do you prefer people to join your community? Is it the Telegram? Yep. And, you know, one thing I noticed on the site, since we updated it earlier this week, we were at, we put uh, 2,000 people are on. Now we just crossed 2,500 this morning. Ah, congratulations. Well, and also congratulations on a successful ICO. You guys can check out more at Flues Flues. It's F-L-U-Z. Just double down on it. Fluesflues.com. And uh, Maurice, congratulations and, and good luck as you roll this thing out in your quest for world domination. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. It's been fun to be with you guys here on the show and hope to be back soon. The Bad Crypto Podcast. One of the biggest challenges for regular people, common folk, well, I'm a common folk, you know, like like us, to be able to use crypto is ease of use. 
And Travis and I have long been talking about how making crypto user-friendly is going to help to bring mass adoption. And that's why we're happy to bring you the gentleman from a new ICO called Dether, spelled D-E-T-H-E-R, Dether.io. And they are um, promising that you will be able to buy and sell crypto for cash and then spend it at physical stores. Sounds as straightforward and simple as, as it can be. And uh, the co-founders are here with us. Their names are Hamid Benyaya. Ben, is it I say it right? Benyaya. Ben, help me. Hamid Benyaya. Very good pronunciation. You're right. Yes. Did it. And Mehdi Amari. Uh, Hamid and Mehdi, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys for having us. Thank Absolutely. You. Uh, sorry for butchering your name. It's uh, you know. That's, uh, that's, that's what you get for having a really hard name. That's what I, that's what we do here. We butcher <laughs> things. I've heard worse of that before. Did did I um did I yeah. accurately position the problem in the marketplace and, and the reason that you guys have created this application? Yes, I mean what we're trying to do with Ether is to create like a decentralized bridge between any fiat currency, so using cash and cryptocurrency. Because today, if you want to buy crypto and you are from a Western country, you can do it. It takes time. It's a long process. You know, you have to go through the KYC. You have to make a bank transfer, etc. Now it's going to take you like a couple of days or weeks, but you can do it. So our goal is to enable anyone in the world to have access to crypto quickly and in a decentralized way. So today in the world, like more than 2 billion people don't have a bank account. And a lot of projects like blockchain projects target these people located in Africa, South America, South Asia. But the question is, how will they be able to interact with blockchain-based projects if they don't have access to crypto because they don't have bank accounts? So our goal is to create like this bridge, this new standard where anyone like you, me, or someone who's located in Algeria, for example, can buy cryptocurrency easily, quickly, and using cash. That, that poses an interesting question. So, I mean, there's some other companies that I've seen out there that's maybe similar, like maybe a local Bitcoins type of a thing. Is this, how do you guys differentiate from that type of a platform? So, Dether is more like a protocol. Like the first solution we build on top of this protocol is a mobile app. You can try it on Alpha, the Dether, the IO. We launched it like, to three months ago, three months ago, with um, today more than 4,000 users from all over the world, and the main difference is that we don't, we just don't focus like on a website or one uh, cryptocurrency. Tomorrow, any DApp team will be able to plug into the protocol in order, for example, to sell their tokens to these people, like I was saying, so that they can actually use any decentralized application. So the idea is that. We don't want to see, we don't want to have like people who just buy Bitcoin because of X reason, but we want to build brick buyers so that everyone in the world actually can um, join the blockchain ecosystem and invest in it if they want to, um, spend it at physical stores if they want to, or build or participate in decentralized applications. So as I'm looking at your site, you really have, there's, there's three markets here for sellers, for buyers, and, and for shops. Go ahead and explain how you see each one using this. Yes, yeah, so if you are, for example, a buyer, you can check out Alpha. It's just going to be like a, a mobile application with some user experience, good user experience, and you just got to tap, click on the buy button. 
and it's going to show you on the map the closest ether seller around you. So for now, it's based on ether because the whole app is based on Ethereum smart contracts. So it's going to show you on the map the closest one. You can chat with him. So for now, we use Telegram. And then you will be able to meet up with this person in order to exchange cryptocurrency for cash. And if you're a seller, you can fund your wallet with Ether in order to appear on the map. So if you don't have any Ether, basically you cannot appear on the map. It's a security check. So it is like what we can call the smart contract or escrow system. And if you are a seller, you can basically do like, oh, sorry, if you are a physical shop, you can just do like the sellers do. So fund your wallet with Ether, but register as a shop so that you can actually receive Ether or crypto as a means of payment. Or if you want to exchange it for fiat currency, you can do it. So, so far we've listed um, 1,200 shops in the world where you can do that. And then the goal is to um, integrate Ether into physical, into chains of physical shops. So for example, you can go to, um, what's a good example in the US market, for example, like, like Walmart. You can go to Walmart or Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. And you can just go there and pay with your cryptocurrency using your Ether wallet. And these kind of shops, these chains, they don't need a new um, device, like a mobile app, a mobile device, or um, an iPad, for example. The goal is to integrate our system into theirs right now, their checking systems. I, I want to use it in a Chick-fil-A, if that's okay, instead of a Taco Bell, because those bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits in the morning, mm, forget about it. Well, if you could do that, plus get a Baja Blast from Taco Bell, then maybe you have yourself a perfect meal, Mr. Joel Kahn. I love that Baja Blast over there at the Taco Bell. All right, so I have a, so I have a question about this. So, you know, you guys are, are positioning yourselves as a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer Ether network that's basically going to allow anybody to, to buy Ether with cash and then spend it at physical stores nearby. Why... Um, did you guys decide to, to build this type of business? I think the first idea came from a, a personal story, actually. Like Mehdi and I, the two co-founders, we've been involved in the uh, Ethereum community for the past two years. And we used to think of using blockchain in order to do remittance, you know, transfer value mm -hmm. from one point to another. Because we have um, family who is living in Al Algeria, North Africa, so one time my cousin, he needed some money. He was in Algeria. And I thought, you know, instead of using Western Union because it's expensive and stuff, I'm just going to use blockchain technology this time because everybody talks about it. So let's do it. So I sent to his Jack's wallet some Ether. I said, hey, download this app. I'm going to send you some crypto. He said, okay. But then once he received Ether, he was like, what am I going to do with it? Obviously, my landlord doesn't accept crypto. So I cannot pay rent with Ether and I cannot cash it out because I don't have a bank account. So I thought, you know, we got to create this bridge between cryptocurrency and cash because all of these people otherwise will be excluded from the system. When now the whole point, the whole issue about blockchain technology is mass adoption. That makes sense. I mean, it's easy to get the cryptos, but if you don't have that connected to a bank account in some way, then it's really hard to get that cryptos out of the market and back into fiat. Maybe if you want to tell us a little bit about your timeline and the technology uh, of, of your of your company right now, how far along is the technology that you've built? You know, with the ICO and its completion, what what sort of timeline are we looking at for your for your platform to be fully completed? Yeah, so we uh, we are working on the project since uh, one year. 
but we are doing it full, full time since uh, May, and uh, we release already in an alpha version of uh, of our application. We allow buyer and seller to 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 meet, and uh, the the testnet it's on testnet on common testnet for now. But we are working on a beta version of uh, our application. Who uh, will have the same functionality? So as a buyer, you could locate seller or new and contact them. And as a seller, you could register as a seller with uh, and putting your information like you, your own fees. We want to release this beta version in mainnet in March. So so yeah. So after the the, the token sale uh, in February, we uh, we will um, accelerate the the development of the um, solution uh, for shops. And uh, for all the, we'll add all the token functionality. For the release in March, we will already have the token on it. So as a seller, you will need token to be to be on the on the map. Well, let's talk a little bit about your token sale uh, on the website at dether.io. You guys can click the token sale link, and it's scheduled to begin on February seventh. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know how much you guys are looking to raise, how much um, you know one ETH gets uh, in terms of tokens and and so on. So we are um, we target a max cap hard cap of fifteen, so one five thousand um, ETH. So this is the max cap. We had um, a private pre-sale during which uh, we raised four thousand ETH. So this 4,000 ETH will be included in the 15,000 ETH. And um, so the token sale, like you said, is going to take place in February 7th. Last Monday, we launched the KYC process in order to welcome the whitelisted contributors. And we had around um, 5,300 people who tried to do the KYC. And we whitelisted in less than two hours um, I think it's around 3,300 uh, 3, uh, contributors. So this is going to be like for the first round. So basically, we are taking the tokens um, that we that are left to be sold um, for a first round of uh, sale for these contributors. And if some of them decide not to um, buy the token according to the amounts, um, the contribution amounts they actually indicated when they did the KYC. So then there will be a second round for in order to sell the unsold tokens. So basically for the first round, there is a max cap per, per participant of four ETH in order to welcome a maximum number of participants. And then in the second round, there will also be another another max cap for other contributors in order to welcome more, more people to participate in the second round. Very nice. Now, um, it looks as if you guys have, I was looking at your team. And it looks like you guys have a pretty solid team. One person stuck out to me was William Mugiar, who is the uh, the author of the business of blockchain, which I thought was pretty great. If you want to maybe talk a little bit about the rest of your team and what makes you guys qualified to to launch a, pro- a, a project of this magnitude. Yes, yes. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned William because he's a... Um... He's someone we met at the very beginning of the project because Dieter was born. The very first code lines were written in a hackathon that took place in Paris. It was the Merkel Week hackathon during which uh, William came. It was also uh, uh, Gavin Wood, for example. 
And he really liked the project and we started talking to him. So he became our advisor and we started building a, a strong team with Mehdi. So we were two at that time and now we are 11. And we try to have a very diverse team in terms of competence, in terms of qualifications as well. And the strong, very strong motivation in order to break these barriers that we're trying to, to break. Excellent. Well, your uh, your site has a lot of content, and you guys can see the white paper there, which is comprehensive, the roadmap. And if you want to play around with the alpha of the app, you know, through a web interface, uh, interface there, you can actually click on Try Alpha, and it'll kind of walk you through the process. This is how the app you know, is actually going to work. There's a video that you can watch there as well. Tell us about your uh, your community, guys. Where are people talking about you? Is it the Telegram primarily? Yes, exactly. We have a very lovely community on Telegram. So if you want to be part of the adventure of Dieter, please join us on Telegram. Or you can just shoot us an email. So it's up to you guys on Twitter, Facebook. But most of the talks are done in Telegram. We want to be part of the adventure. Uh, I just actually joined the group. Just yeah, right. it does sound adventurous. There's about eight thousand people in the um, the Dether group right now, and um, you know, I, I always look to see how much activity is there pre ICO. You know, what's the buzz? And uh, you know, by by my estimates, that's a pretty good barometer. You know, of of how something's going to go. And so, you know, having eight thousand people there is uh, is a nice start. Thanks. That's awesome. Dether, turning your phone into a crypto ATM. Very nice. Well, we really appreciate you guys jumping on with us today, and best of luck with your ICO, you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> That's what we call delayed reaction. <laughs> you must have been a whole show. Well, you get that. We always deliver. And uh, just as we promised we would, there's your three ICO spotlights, each ICO attempting to solve a different problem and go out there and do your own due diligence. Check them out and go to the Bad Crypto Mastermind at badco.in forward slash mastermind. It makes you smarter. It makes you taller. You lose weight when you go there. Your penis grows a couple inches. Seriously, going to the Facebook Mastermind group is an exceptional place to go. (laughs) I'm rarely speechless, but <laughs> at, at the moment, uh, whatever words I had are now gone. <laughs> are you and in that so, jet lag still, Mr. Jocom? That was a doozy, wasn't it? Clearly, Mr. Travis Wright knows how to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.